0: The big night, eh, Daisy? Yes, the sister's getting married,
1: and I'm thrilled to death. She thrills at anything.
0: Oh, Roscoe's a good kid. She's only joking. She'll like him lots after she knows him better. Oh, that reminds me. Close your eyes, Violet. Go ahead, close them. What did I do? Pinch Daisy's arm. Well, what do you know about that? Oh, Daisy. Her master's voice is calling. Getting fresh, eh? Well, I don't like it one. Well, come on,
1: come on. You'll have to hurry. We haven't much time.
0: So you were fighting with that ch- cheap clown, were you?
1: No, I wasn't. Oh, he was doing a trick with me.
0: You shut up! I'm the m- marrying your s- sister, not you. Who? I saw him getting familiar with you.
1: Oh,
0: come on, Daisy. Oh no, you d- d- don't. She's gonna stay right
1: here.
0: No, she isn't. I gotta go. Oh, boy. You're always using that for an excuse. For an excuse. For an Right, well, hello, everybody, and welcome to Generation Loss, the show about movies with Brynn and Jeremy. Oh, didn't Boy. see you there. <laughs> Jeremy, hi. How are you? it Didn't been a while. see you there. We
1: were just talking about <laughs> real estate and- um, We were. <laughs> putting big money into the market <laughs> here in New York. Yep. Where- we- property is reasonably priced and we can absolutely we're we're gonna start flipping houses is what we're talking about.
0: As as we were saying, it's a buyer's market right now. It is a buyer's market. Uh, You
1: know what's crazy is it is so expensive to buy like a um like a small place. Like you can get like a co-op, right? Like a two bedroom co-op that would be like a reasonably sized home is the same exact price as buying like a six bedroom, like a six unit building, right now in my neighborhood, it's insane. It's like the pricing is so wacky because nobody wants to have tenants because they know that there's like an eviction crisis oh. on the floor, like that's absolutely going to happen. So you can you can get a building here for dirt cheap. You just have to deal with who lives there.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm done with that. That'd be cool.
1: It would be cool. <laughs> if you had a million bucks, you could absolutely do that.
0: That's a great idea. And then I don't have a million dollars. Just so you know, listener, I don't have a million dollars. I've never <laughs> had a million doing dollars. I guess I that well. <laughs> no. A couple years ago, I worked at a clicky. The first time in my life, I worked at a clickety-clackety job. Mm-hmm. Um, not really. I was soldering because I'm an electrical engineer. But um, <laughs> I worked in an office. And I had an R- IRA for the first time. Right. I didn't know what that was, but they just save money for you, and they put it in the stock market, and I was mm-hmm. like, wow, I have thousands of dollars.
1: Yeah, but you can't <laughs> take it out without, like, it's, the penalty is insane. I know,
0: but it's the first, it was the first time in my life I had thousands of dollars. Yeah. Like, I was like twenty nine.
1: <laughs> it feels crazy to look at what your like theoretical net worth is sometimes, where you're like, yeah. none of this is touchable. Like I can't do anything with it. It's, <laughs> it's, it's such a white elephant that you're just like, oh, this is great. I, I'm worth thousands of dollars, and then yeah. you're like, I can't do. Like I, I have to <laughs> live paycheck to paycheck still.
0: <laughs> yeah, actually, I'm still just waiting for my money, but yeah. theoretically, I have some.
1: Yeah, um, theory, like if I were to like go to a bank and be like, "Hey, give me a loan. This is what yeah. I'm worth." They <laughs> give it to me anyway because they want to give subprime loans, right? Now. Yeah,
0: <laughs> they're still doing it. We're just gonna yeah. do the 2008 collapse again. 2028, baby. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's like in. Um, the wedding singer, when he's like, mm. I like money, I have a little, <laughs> I keep it on a jar under my sister's refrigerator. <laughs>
1: it, is, it is like the, the, when you start saving retirement, it's like the first time that you really experience in some minor way, like what it must be like to be a rich person, because you're <laughs> like, well, I put $100 in, and now... It's a hundred dollars and twenty cents. Look at me making money passively.
0: I didn't even do anything.
1: And that would be like an insane return, I bet.
0: <laughs> that's probably what's that twenty percent?
1: Yeah, that's no, too not much. no, not twenty percent. That would be two percent. Even that maybe is two. Oh, I don't, I don't know, know how it works. I don't know. I'm, I'm a bad mathematician. at math. Come on, I, I'm in the humanities. You know, I didn't go to STEM school.
0: I didn't either. Uh, (laughs) But I uh, am terrible at arithmetic because of my learning disability.
1: Right. Yeah. We've talked about it before the fives and R's thing. You guys know (laughs) I can't do math.
0: Suck at that. Well, luckily, this podcast is not about math. Or science.
1: No, we'll never have to do math even once. We're (laughs) never watching Pi, you fucking
0: losers. (laughs) I used to love that movie. I
1: know, I liked it when I saw it, but I haven't seen it since I was a kid.
0: Yeah, I think it's goofy now. Um, But this week, we're talking about movies, as every week.
1: (laughs) As we do every week. Um,
0: What did you watch this week, Jeremy?
1: Uh, I have been watching um, Cheers, the uh, 1980s sitcom Cheers.
0: Norm. (laughs)
1: um yes norm it is so forced it's so forced when they do the norm thing
0: (laughs) (laughs) wait are you starting from the beginning
1: yes uh uh-huh
0: and so what season are you on now
1: still in one i think we might be in two i'm not really paying much attention (laughs) we watch like maybe one or two episodes of nine then but there's like a million episodes it's a very long show wasn't
0: it like 11 seasons or something nine maybe um Nine is Seinfeld. I think it's more than Seinfeld.
1: It's a lot. It's a lot of seasons. It's um, like twelve or something like that. God. Um, but yeah, we're it's eleven. It's eleven seasons. Yeah, we're okay. pretty early on. Um, yeah, look at this. Twenty two episodes a season. That's nuts. Jesus. <laughs> and they so already many.
0: they already did. They're already doing Norb. I thought that was like oh yeah
1: no they do it from like the first episode they're shouting Norm, <laughs>
0: um,
1: a lot of the a lot of the dynamic does feel a little forced but anyways um, so I've been watching Cheers and I watched an episode last night that uh, for folks who don't know Cheers I can't imagine any of you don't but uh, it was a sitcom <laughs> well, we in have the 1980s young listeners. we do have young listeners uh, it was a sitcom in the 80s about a bar in Boston called Cheers and uh, it stars um, what is that guy's name.
0: Ted Danson.
1: Ted Danson plays Sam Malone, and uh, then you it's a bunch of other people.
0: The old man, the devil from uh, the Good Place.
1: That's right. Yes, he's the devil in the Good Place, and then everybody else is kind of nobody now. Um, well, you see Rhea Perlman every so often. You see George Went every so often,
0: mm-hmm. and uh, then a John big spinoff
1: of it was um, Frazier. Frazier, yeah, which is Kelsey Grammer, who's probably arguably the biggest star to come out of the show.
0: <laughs> yep.
1: Oh, no, that's not true. Woody Harrelson. Woody Harrelson later. Oh, uh,
0: yeah, but he's not. He, he uh, replaced a different bartender. He replaced right. the old man. He replaced Coach. the
1: old guy who dies. Yeah.
0: Um, um, yeah. Woody is great in that show.
1: Woody is fantastic. Everybody's really good. It's a lot of really great performances uh, on the show. But um, so it's been a weird trip, though, because it's like this. It's you know, it's an 80s sitcom and it was cutting edge for its day. You know, so it's like constantly facing issues where like one episode, like, and this is season one, mind you, this is like not a successful show yet. They only really started to pick up success in seasons two and three. They Uh weren't even sure they were going to get to keep making the show in season one. But like episodes in season one themes include like, um, there's one where Diane almost gets raped by somebody. God. There's one where, um... I mean, there's several that explore like Sam's alcoholism, uh-huh. um, his like inability to open up. It, it like every episode has something deep that happens in it where it's like, oh boy, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, I it thought all... we were. I thought this is where everyone knows your name, not your <laughs> problems. Jesus,
0: <laughs> I, I feel like that show kind of always felt like Mash light, mm-hmm. where it was yeah. like kind of a funny show, and it was like more funny than Mash. Right. In, in because MASH is a very kind of dry show. Mm-hmm. But Cheers is like goofier and then the darkness is like also less dark, you know? Like it's, it's like less dark, but it's a little like more moved.
1: It's a little easier to like get your hands on because it's more in line with like what the darkness in your life is. Yeah, unless Whereas, you like, were Mash, in the army. It's like yeah, MASH you're watching it and it's just like this child's legs were blown off and he <laughs> like had to kill his mom to like get back to
0: us. Um
1: Yeah, I like MASH too. I forgot that we were both Nick at Night kids.
0: Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. We should talk
1: about old sitcoms more. Um, I was just
0: going to say like probably <laughs> lots of our listeners don't know a lot of, the, I mean, Cheers is one of the bigger ones, but there was a ton that just like don't people don't remember Mad yeah. About You, Wings. Well, and
1: these are like <laughs> like the um the the Nick at Night lineup changed so much over the years that like I mean, if you're even a little bit younger than us, like your Nick at Night was Friends, which is by the way insane. What? By the way, absolutely insane thing I just remembered the other day that like Hulu paid what? Like millions of dollars to get friends on their platform. Uh-huh. And back in the day it was on Nick at night. That's how like low people thought of it. That's how much of like a marketing ploy it is to to make everybody believe that uh that Friends was a beloved sitcom. It was shit. Nobody liked friends
0: it. Friends sucked.
1: It always sucked. It was always lame. Nobody liked it. Seinfeld was never on Nick at Night. They never got the rights to it because it was a good enough show that people actually wanted to watch
0: it. That's right. Nick at Night. (laughs) You didn't have to force it on kids who (laughs) wanted
1: to keep the TV on late.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Nick at Night. If you don't know, was Nick Nickelodeon's late night programming, uh, which you know there was like a period where it was like more, more grown up, like or more teenage oriented shows until like 10 or like maybe even earlier like nine and then it was nick at night and then that was like when i was a kid it first started off being like the fucking dick van dyke show and bewitched and stuff and then later it started becoming more like 70s 80s stuff like right like uh, three's
1: company and mash yeah (laughs) yeah um Oh, so wait, so 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 Cheers, right? The thing I wanted to talk about in Cheers, mm-hmm. right? So the episode that we watched last night is uh, the second episode that uh, gay people are dealt with in, right? The first one is, like, some guy travels from Seattle to, to Cheers to find the old owner, and the old owner is gone, and he's like, Coach, I don't I don't know what to do. My son is gay. What do I do about it? <laughs> and, like, the whole episode is about Coach, like, trying to contend with, like, how do I talk to somebody about their gay son? Yeah. Um, <laughs>
0: is this they're both old men
1: i don't actually think that the other guy's old he's middle-aged maybe like a little older but um the other episode this one more explicitly deals with it is that uh sam's old baseball buddy uh has written a book a tell-all novel about his time in baseball and it's called the catcher's mask and uh (laughs) which
0: is (laughs) already very funny
1: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> absolutely cannot believe that that's what they called the book but that's what they called the book
0: the mask and, um, that the catcher wore
1: yeah so he um he is like promoting the book at cheers and he's like sam i want you to say a few words by the way please read the book before <laughs> this event and sam's like yeah sure i'll read it and then he doesn't of and course. so then he gets there and he's like uh yeah so uh, i'm gay and that's what the book's about and sam's like what and then I guess he's like cool about it or whatever and it gets in the local paper and so all these gay people start showing up to the bar because they're like, hey, it's great that you're like an ally to us. Um, And then this is what's so shocking to me is that the plot of the episode is that like... The Cheers guys, like you know Cliff and Norm and everybody you love, they all like lead a revolt against the gay guys and they're <laughs> like, we don't want it to turn into a gay bar, so we're leaving. We're taking our money elsewhere if you let these gay people in here. and Sam is like, well, I mean what am I gonna do? They're you know, they're paying customers, they're my regulars and he's like gonna go kick them out and then he doesn't. And then the point is that like the 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 cheers guys bully these gay guys out of the bar. <laughs> through a bunch of like pranks and other chicanery and then in the end it's surprise you were wrong those guys weren't gay the gay guys were here all along and then they kiss norm and then that's the end of the episode right okay and so you're watching it you're like wow i can't believe this is how they dealt with gay stuff in the 80s (laughs) like this is what this is where that was at right and people
0: were just like we don't want them here (laughs) yeah
1: exactly and that that was like something that you would watch on a show and not be like Oh, so they're they're being coded as evil. You know what I mean? Like that's something that if you put it in a script now, you'd be coding them a certain way. These are
0: the asshole bad people. These are the
1: asshole bad people. (laughs) These would definitely not be the protagonist of your show. That's (laughs) for damn sure. Nobody would like a catchphrase.
0: Dark or something or like anti heroes.
1: Exactly. Um but then what's crazy is that like all of this aside, I just looked up on the um on the Wikipedia. There's like a section about um, themes of the show, right? Like some of the things they tackled. And this is a real this is a real passage from the Wikipedia page for Cheers. Uh, homosexuality was dealt with for the f- uh, with uh, in the first season, which was rare in the early 1980s on television. In the first season episode, "The Boys in the Bar," the title <laughs> being a reference to the play and subsequent movie. Uh, a friend and former teammate of Sam's comes out in his autobiography. Some of the male regulars pressure Sam to take action to ensure Cheers does not become a gay bar, right? The episode won a GLAAD Media Award. <laughs> <laughs> and the script's writers, Ken Levine and David Isaacs, were nominated for a primetime Emmy.
0: <laughs> what? <laughs> this like I insanely stress, homophobic.
1: Yeah, listener, listener at home, I I need you to understand that this does not end with like a big triumphant. Like Sam doesn't really do the right thing necessarily. He just kind of is like, like he does stand up to them at some point, but then like they trick these guys out. It it, it definitely <laughs> it would not pass today's standard
0: as even like and it will <laughs> I mean, there's a certain point where the queer community was just like, hey, if it's not blatantly like, fuck you and we hate you and want you to die. Yeah, absolutely. Like, you could have a conversation with somebody. It's <laughs> really like, crazy how different rights? the world was. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> um,
1: like Henry Rollins was on the cover of Out Magazine in the 80s, like just for being friends with RuPaul. <laughs> 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 like and and even just like a few years ago, like before Obama, like like even during Obama, like before it became like a federal, like I worked on the the marriage equality campaign in New York, like that was one of my first jobs out of college, mm. and like it was a totally different world back then. Like the idea oh, that like insane, yeah, it's is wild, and, and it's crazy to revisit Cheers and and to see how it was dealt with then, and that's really all I wanted to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> so, Bryn, what did you watch this week?
0: Oh, okay, well, uh, let's see. I wanted to briefly talk about... Um, I'm doing a thing that I don't know if anyone has done. <laughs> um, so, there's a show that is, um, was a very popular show in the 90s when I was a kid, and I never really watched it. And they never really released it on DVD because... There was things about it that they couldn't get the rights to. So you can't really just sit down and watch this show from season one on. Mm -hmm. Um, But I am doing that because I'm downloading them illegally. And that show (laughs) is Beavis and Butthead. (laughs) Nice. Hell yeah. (laughs) Um, And it's strange to do it because, first of all, we've talked about Beavis and Butthead on the show before. Mm Mm-hmm do America is one of the funniest movies of all time yes the show is really weird because
1: it's it, not great most of the time it's right?
0: not great most of the time it, especially early on this early on we started I sort of was just like I just want to watch it it's not that long all of the episodes are like 10 minutes long so right. I just want to see what it's like but putting it on in order is just like watching MTV in the 90s with a like a Commentary. You right, know what I mean? Because yeah. like so much of the episodes, because I really think that the idea for Beavis and Butthead originally was like bumpers. Like it's mm-hmm. interstitial programming between videos. You know what I mean? It's just like video block, and then we'll do 10 minutes of another video block with cartoons in it and then more right. videos. Um and so that's sort of more what it feels like. It's sort of like little tiny like 30 second or like two minute long sketches and then a video like a full music video right and then they just like laugh at it and then yeah, they
1: like vaguely make fun of it but there's I don't think there's ever really like good jokes in those or anything right
0: um I so what's been funny is that at the first couple episodes are pretty like just like weird and awkward and the animation is really bad but as it goes on it gets funnier and funnier mm-hmm. like there's been a couple times where I've like almost spit out a drink because I thought it was so fun like there's one where they're watching I don't remember what video they're watching uh, oh it's like a cover of Spirit in the Sky by some woman and <laughs> and butthead just goes paradise sucks <laughs> 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 and that just really got me but mostly it's a uh, weird like, the, the, the skits get more and more complicated and involved. Mm-hmm. Um, like, one of the last ones I watched was they find, like, a riding lawnmower, and, like, the guy who owns the riding lawnmower is, like, a big fat guy. It's who, the
1: Hank Hill guy, right, next No, door. it's
0: not there. It's a different guy who's even bigger and fatter. And he's, like, at the doctors watching them do it, and his heart rate is, like, getting higher and higher as he gets angrier. <laughs> Uh Uh, and then just like rushes out and bursts through the wall like the kool-aid man and like is chasing them uh and it's it's the darker and stranger the show gets the funnier it is Mm -hmm. um but it is a really like mind-numbing like commentary on television because it's like this was so new to people at the time it was just like content and you could just have it on right all day it just Um,
1: melts like it was already (laughs) melting your brain and then like beavis and butthead almost felt like it was like facilitating that feeling
0: (laughs) yeah it was like i think judge's like idea was to like show you how stupid it was or your reactions are just as stupid as this he's trying to satirize and sometimes it's successful especially with the movie but like it feels like watching the dumbest version (laughs) of television possible and it's very fun it's
1: like um, i mean he it's a well that he returns to a lot right because i was just thinking of how in idiocracy the tv show they watch is ow my balls (laughs) yeah and And it's very much that
0: (laughs) and the biggest movie that wins an oscar is ass and it's just like an hour of an ass farting (laughs)
1: oh man I want to watch that again
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah I think I mean he has like a really good understanding of culture I mean like I think idiocracy created like this weird reactionary thing where people were like I'm smarter than all of these people you know and and so it was like this weird eugenics thing but I don't think he ever really meant it that way he was just trying to say like we're devolving as a culture and like right and even if he
1: did mean it that way it's like it has value outside of his particular intention like yeah there is just like interesting critique of media in it like even if you don't agree with the central message like the idea of like the tv show how my balls is like as (laughs) poignant a commentary on tv as you're gonna find
0: Uh, absolutely and i mean like we literally had like a wrestling president and like yeah. people are talking about the rock running for president. that was like he he's predicted a lot of very pretty interesting stuff right. um so that's been an interesting watch the other thing i wanted to talk about was um i watched a movie that i hadn't seen in a really long time since i was like 10 years old and it's called dead presidents
1: oh yes Have yes i that? saw that you watched that i watched it when i was young i haven't seen it since yeah it was i think we had a similar experience of it where like you saw it as a kid and you were like Cool. Yeah,
0: I literally had like a Beavis and Butthead reaction to it. Was like, this movie rules. <laughs> this
1: rules. <laughs> yeah, I remember watching it with my friend Sean. Like, we're just watching it, just like, hell yeah, dude, that guy's getting shot.
0: <laughs> getting shot rules. <laughs> but it's like a Absolutely. really serious
1: movie. Right? A, yeah.
0: Well, that was the thing is that I remember, that like. There's... Oh wait, I always
1: remember in um in the the Dave Chappelle movie um half-baked in half-baked oh. when they go to do the heist and they're like, all right, dress up for a heist. And like two of them are in like, you know, stockings over their head and black clothes and whatever. And then one of them shows up painted up
0: <laughs> like in dead presidents. <laughs> it's so cool. That's what I always think of when I think of bank robberies. Cause like, okay, I grew up as I've talked about, I grew up Christian, but I also grew up in Los Angeles. Um, and my next door neighbor was like my window into like all things rated R and like secular right. music and stuff. And um, they to joy and Joe Medrano, um, next door, they would like, we would just watch movies all day and play video games and stuff. And Joe was a big fan of like this movie, higher learning, like Hughes brothers, John Singleton, like all these like sort of like, Uh, We watched Poetic Justice and like all of the sort of like big 90s, like hip hop movies at the time. And this one, we just was another one of those in my mind. It was just like a movie that was about like kids doing a bank robbery or something. right? Yeah. Um,
1: I remember it being an action movie. That's my memory of
0: it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And that's, I don't know how that could be my memory of it, but it absolutely isn't. So the movie is in three big chunks. And Mm -hmm. the first the first chunk of it is him in, like, 1960-something. And uh, he's just, like, this bright-eyed, bushy-tailed kid. He's, like, does really good in class. His parents want to go to college. He's in love with this girl. And, you know, it's, like, this weird, like, almost, like, goody two-shoes movie for a little while. Like a 60s right. sort of period piece. Um, and then he's like, you know what? I don't want to go to college. I want to join the army. So the middle portion of the movie is him in Vietnam, and okay. it's like intense, gory. It's dark. Like this one is of-
1: insane. I only remember the robbery.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I and I, and like, I guess it's four big chunks because there's a. It's really weirdly plotted. That's I think one of the things that people don't like about it, or at the time people kind of didn't understand or or had a criticism of is that it's like it's this arc of a life, right? Like it's about this right. kid who has all of these opportunities and this like wants to make something of himself. So he does what he thinks is like good for the country as he goes to Vietnam. And then it's like, he meets really dark stuff happens. Like someone keeps like a Vietnamese person's head as a, uh, a souvenir. And like the right. whole crew is like telling him to throw it away. Cause it's stinking. And like, someone's like guts get torn out. And like, he has that. He's just like, please kill me. And he like has to kill him. Um, so he's all like shell shocked and he comes home back to his girlfriend who, um, you know, he lives in the Bronx and the Bronx has like gotten more and more Robert Moses. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, And then he's like sort of barely scraping by. And then his girlfriend's sister has become a black Panther. Mm-hmm. And she's like, you went and fought in a war that you had no business being in. They used you like this isn't a black man's war. And he's like, "Kind that's starting to kind of make more sense as he's like poor and he's like not, you know, like they haven't helped him like veterans benefits haven't kicked in or anything and like he's right. like scraping by. And so he sort of like joins them. Um, and then they're like, we're going to rob a bank to fund the revolution and you know we're gonna help pay you and help you know we're gonna pay each other to keep our you know community alive so he volunteers because he has experience with weapons and you know was in the military him and his like war buddies like help them do the heist and then at the end it's a heist um and that's mostly what everyone remembers because it's so visual it's so beautifully shot yeah, um, but it do all they goes like awry. explain
1: why they do the ghost face paint and stuff? No, or not at all. It just is it's what just they like, did.
0: <laughs> they're just like, okay, meet up at nine a.m. or whatever, and then they get there and they're all wearing exactly the same uniform with like leather jackets and the white face paint. God, and, that's um, so cool. It's so cool, <laughs> um, and it does it does rule. Um, but that all goes awry, and then the end of the movie is just like they all get caught, <laughs> and then he goes to prison and they're like fuck you you know you're a disgrace to the military and uh-huh and then you you know your just get over. caught?
1: i feel like i have a memory of one of them getting like really super blown away
0: oh some of them do die yeah yeah um some of them <laughs> die during the heist um it's not a bank robbie they're they're um they're robbing an armored car um but he a couple of them get away actually some of them get away with money um and the the Black Panthers do get some of the money, but he mm-hmm. he gets caught, um, afterwards, um, right? And uh, they're just like the end is like Martin Sheen is the judge, and he's uh-huh. like, he's like, you're a disgrace to the uniform, you're a disgrace to the military, like fuck you. That right. He's clearly really racist and is just like, 15 to life. And uh, he's like, 15 to life, fuck you. And he throws a chair at the judge's head. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yes. And then that's the end of the movie. And so it's like a movie that's about this thing that happened to a ton of people. Um, where, you know, Vietnam was this war where people were just like sent to die in the jungle. Yeah. And for for completely evil reasons. People and
1: really forget how insanely... like. Like a death sentence, it was to get drafted for that war. Like the, I feel like I'd heard that the average life expectancy for somebody over there was like in the minutes. It's like you literally would die the moment you got off the helicopter. Shit, (laughs)
0: like Um, people
1: were just getting chewed up. It was insane.
0: Yeah, and if you survived, you were fucking all messed up. Yeah, Um, you know, people were had PTSD up the wazoo, Um, and so he, you know, he's, and then. Also, America didn't give a shit about the veterans, obviously. Right. I mean, the movie doesn't really go into much of the politics of like, you know, because the movie is great because it's not a movie about poor veterans exactly, but it's like right. the whole system of everything is bad. Um Because the Black Panthers talk about specifically, like, we should be supporting the Vietnam. (laughs) You know, we should be supporting the Vietnamese in this, not fighting against them. We shouldn't be fighting for the imperialists.
1: Um, Right, and it's made by black people. So it's not going to be, it's definitely going to have a lens of, you know, like, this is specifically a black issue. Like, what I was thinking about the veterans benefits thing is, like, the, they only did that once, really. Yeah, they did and it was it in World for War white people after <laughs> World War II, and then they were like, "Well, that was probably too generous. So yeah. <laughs> let's never do that again, and let's always try to like skimp out as much as we can." Exactly. And like, a, you know, a whole generation of people came back from World War II and were like, "Set for li- the way that everybody should be." They got you know <laughs> set for fucking life. Yeah.
0: if you believe that, you know, a country's like, if you believe in the country for what it stands for, you know, right. then the the people who defend it should be valorous, and they should be taken care of by the state. Oh, no, I mean, um, everybody
1: should be. Oh, well, literally yeah, everybody. also everybody. Like, <laughs> like, I mean that if you believe in such a thing as a nation, you believe there's such a thing as an inherently goodness about being an American, like, if you're an American exceptionalist, like, I don't understand how you could possibly... Not think that every <laughs> yeah. single person should be born with a GI Bill. <laughs> like you should just have it as a birthright. You should be set up with some sort of a grant to either go to college or buy a home. Yeah. Simple as that.
0: Yeah, you should have a house. You should be able yeah. to be in a house from the moment you're born. <laughs> um yeah, so this is a movie that yeah, it's the Hughes brothers, you know, did Menace to Society and that got a lot of acclaim. And then they did this, which I think is much more um, ambitious and like yeah. politically like grandiose and has like a much darker point. And I, it's hard to imagine that that's not part of the reason why it was so critically panned. Right. <laughs> like it's very clear what the movie is saying is that, you know, there was this leftist movement happening and, you know, they were right (laughs) and they were, he was right to do what he did. And you know, America did some is like doing wrong by all of these people. And that's the point of the movie. Literally Robert, Roger Ebert's like criticism of the movie at the time was like, what is the meaning of this movie? What's the point of (laughs) this?" It's like very clear if you watch it, if you're not like a complete like political dullard, I guess, um, (laughs) But it's fascinating,
1: too. It, it, I mean, it did poorly enough that they didn't really get to do anything again for a long time. Like, yeah. they did Dead Presidents in 95, and then the next thing on there is American Pimp in 99, and that's a documentary yep. that seems like a passion project, and then From Hell in 2001.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think they did something, like, separately, but it was also really small,
1: yeah, None of these are like very big movies until Book of Eli in 2010, where they got like another shot at it, basically. Right. But and it's it was crazy huge. because it's like Dead Presidents is it feels like such an iconic movie. Like, sure, we don't remember it because we were, you know, seven or eight years old when we saw it. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, like it's the imagery of it is so like ingrained in culture. I feel like if you saw a picture of it, you'd be like, I've seen this.
0: Yeah. I think so, but I think there's a lot of people who don't know that this movie is. I, um, guess. I mean I don't it might be but because we grew up in cities, you know, like I guess, around yeah, like, like non- around black people, people and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 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 um But I don't know if everybody knows this movie. There's a lot of people who tweeted at me when I was tweeting about it. Like, what is this? Yeah. Um,
1: I was thinking about this the other day, actually, to get on a brief tangent. That, like, it did feel like... And maybe this is just what it is. It's our experience of life because we were around more diverse populations or whatever. But, like... I. my experience of like media as a child was so much more diverse than the way it's like represented by liberals today. Yeah. Like when people talk about needing to diversify TV and I I see it when I look at the show lineups and I'm like, yeah, of course, like does not look like people of color are getting a fair shake. But growing up, it felt like, to me, it felt like TV is a fucking rainbow. Like, my favorite shows as a kid were In like- In
0: Living Color, Martin. In Living Color, Martin,
1: like, the, the Wayans Brothers. Those were all my favorite sitcoms. And, like, yeah. uh, children's shows, like, My Brother and Me and, like, Gullah mm-hmm. um, uh, Gullah Island and shit <laughs> oh, yeah, like that. Oh, yeah, I loved
0: Gullah Gullah like, Island. Like, I feel like
1: every other show that I watched when I was a kid was about black people. Yeah, Static Shock. <laughs> static Shock, uh, I love Static Shock.
0: Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I really don't know because- I grew up like I said, I grew up in Los Angeles. I didn't really know white people until I was like in high school. Like right. I had a couple white friends, but most of them were black and Mexican. Mm-hmm. Um and then I the more now that I have a lot more, you know, a less diverse, you know, group of people, uh, in my life now just because of where I live or the kinds of people whatever. Like lots of people don't know this stuff. <laughs> like right. I, I, I find a lot of people I do movie trivia every week and it's right. just like, they ask a lot of questions about stuff like just fucking movies that like, like people just haven't seen like Eve's Bayou or like how high, you know what I mean? Right, like yeah. just like, Bl- quote unquote, or just like weird movie.
1: random ones like Blank Man or like Mo yeah. Money, like or shit Meteor that would have been Man. on Comedy yeah. Central that you would have just like I, I guess like people would have turned it off because they'd have been like, uh oh, black people. I
0: kind of feel <laughs> like, like that's is that what part it was like? of it. I don't really. know. I love those movies. <laughs> it's really hard. I don't know if like I you know, I I haven't really asked much white many white people like name all the like quote unquote black movies you've seen. I don't yeah. know like I don't know if who's doing that research, but it does seem like. Lots of people didn't have a similar, like media diet as right. me at the time. Like people weren't really watching those movies. Um, yeah, if they weren't black or you know not white, I guess. Um, so I guess I've been watching more recently, just because it's like, um, just because the stuff I grew up watching. Like I'm like right. You know, made me realize
1: that. it was um... oh, also
0: isn't a Black History Month.
1: <laughs> Oh yeah, it's still. I, I guess yeah, I've been like still seeing February. a lot
0: of like media people like, be like oh for Black History Month this movie. I'm like I love that movie. I should watch that. <laughs> right.
1: <laughs> what made me think of it was there was a Twitter thread that I saw that was like, um, somebody talking about the movie Baby's Kids.
0: Oh man. And I loved that movie <laughs> so much when I was a
1: kid. And then there were all these people in the comments being like I have never like it, like treating it like like I've never heard of such a thing. Baby's right. kids, I've never heard of it.
0: What the fuck? I is feel like Bay-based? I've seen that
1: movie like 90 times.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a good movie.
1: Um, um although I don't think I could tell you at all what it's about.
0: I I, I think it's I think that everybody It's the kids everybody... go to like a
1: theme park, right?
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. They they go to um Ugh, I don't remember. It's like it's like there's like they're going on a date to something. They go. Yeah, to like, it's a like the park. guy is
1: going on a date with a woman who has three kids. Yes, yes. Or yes. her friend has three kids, and she it because it's from somebody's stand up, and it's mm-hmm. a bit about like they're not my kids, they're Bebe's kids. Hmm. Um. Anyway, the point is.
0: There's tons of great Dead movies from the 90s really. and the 2000s that were just like, yeah, look, not...
1: look into obscure black media from the 1990s, I, mean, is it's, I guess. The it's point. weird
0: because it's like it was, didn't seem obscure at the time. Like these were no, the movies that like people were wearing shirts of, and like right. this was like, well, the... Baby's
1: Kids doesn't feel like it's an obscure movie. And then you look at the, the Wikipedia, and it lost two million dollars at the box office. God. Like it wasn't a big movie at all. <laughs>
0: wow I guess we just have I don't know I think it was like if you're the type of person, don't feel bi- bad. Don't feel guilty if you're a white person who's never heard of any of these movies. Yeah. Just go watch them because they're fucking unless, sick. Unless <laughs> when you
1: were a kid and and my brother and me came on and you were like, uh oh, and changed the channel. <laughs> then you should feel then guilty. Then you should feel bad. <laughs> you should feel bad. <laughs>
0: if you were like watching uh, Gullah Gullah Island and you're like, this isn't for me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, then you should feel bad.
1: Uh oh, looks like I'm in the wrong neighborhood. Is that Binyu Binyu? Yeah. Who, by the way, was a big fluorescent yellow frog, if yeah.
0: memory serves. <laughs> That's correct. Yeah, it was a man in a costume. It yeah. was a
1: man in a frog costume. Minya, minya. And he didn't have to have a man in the costume because he no. doesn't say anything.
0: No, but it, it was vinyu, <laughs> Yeah. Uh, Gulla Gullah Island is a good show. It was for babies. And my
1: Brother and Me, I think, was a very short-lived show, too. Um, and the, the big catchphrase on that was, don't hold your breath. And they would hit the <laughs> B <bee> really hard. <laughs>
0: Uh, but, yeah, I've, I've then there's also stuff like I just watch How High because I'd never really I'd never really seen that movie. Uh-huh. Um, so oh, yeah,
1: we talked about that.
0: There's lots of stuff that I wanted to see a lot as a kid that I never got to. And right. that's
1: all those. Yeah, of How High reasonably you shouldn't have seen as a kid.
0: No, but it was, it was but fantastic. But like a
1: movie like Blank Man, absolutely. That's so that's, good. That's a movie to show to kids. Mm-hmm. If I, rem- I mean, I haven't seen it since I was young, so maybe it's got something in it. But Who I don't care. Really it's very funny. <laughs> Whatever, it's funny. Uh, watch it anyway. Uh, this yeah, week, Dead <laughs> Presidents
0: is good, and you should watch it. And it's a very like intense yeah. <laughs> sort of sad arc of just how black people get chewed up by the system, especially in the '60s, especially with Vietnam. But um, and it also has some fucking sick action scenes. Um, so yeah, this movie, this time we watched a weird movie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this is Todd Browning's Freaks. Yeah, nineteen thirty-two. Thirty-two. Um, so this is Jeremy's pick.
1: This was the Jeremy pick. We've been watching a lot of new movies, and by new, I mean you know in the past thirty to forty years. Yes. So um, we've been
0: we've taken a a, a bit of a tack this year in our in our planning for this show to try and hit different decades more often and not just do the nostalgic stuff of like the 90s and the 80s and the early 2000s
1: when you're talking politically like that stuff is going to be more relevant to our current conditions and like you'll have more like to to see into it but we are, you know, we are a movie podcast. We're trying first to be a foremost. movie podcast. Yeah, um, we're gonna start going through the classic. We're gonna start watching Citizen Kane. No, and, <laughs>
0: could
1: you imagine if this year we just literally did like the AMC like, hundred?
0: <laughs> yeah. All right, we've got. Uh
1: kurosawa seven samurai <laughs> here we go i mean a lot
0: of those movies are really good but they some, are, they're all
1: good movies about, it's like, really
0: weird because some of them are bad
1: so, But it's like a lot of this shit it's like you've heard people talk enough yeah, about you know it who like gives a i don't think shit. i ever need to hear anybody talk about casablanca ever again right the like, gone with the wind i'm not watching gone with the wind it's like 90 million hours
0: i would never watch that incredibly racist <laughs>
1: Oh, yeah, it's also racist. That movie sucks,
0: too. Like, have you ever seen Gone with the Wind? Mm -hmm. That movie sucks shit. I hate it. Yeah, Um, you're
1: really... It's literally just, like, four hours of, like, looking at your watch until finally. It's just like, frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. You're like, nice. It's (laughs) so
0: boring. uh, And it doesn't have a good story, and it's very racist. It's Um,
1: literally... You're just waiting for that line. You could just watch the line.
0: And tomorrow is another day. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so anyway, but we are going back into time immemorial <laughs> of <laughs> movies from very long time ago. And yeah. this one is 1932. And
1: fascinating it... movie. Yeah. Absolutely fascinating movie. Uh, first and foremost, thing you're going to love to hear, only an hour long. One very hour. Very short. <laughs> short flick. Um, no budget at all. It costs nothing to make.
0: Really? Um, they didn't yeah, pay it these says,
1: people? Uh, it says about $310,000, which I guess in you know, in 1932 money probably is is something. Something, Yeah. Um,
0: Um, so what is your history with this movie?
1: Uh, I saw it when I was young. Um, I had a brief time where I was very, very, very into, um, freak shows Okay, and like reading about like the old freaks of, of the day. Cause it's just really fascinating. It's like, um, uh, so folks at home, just brief synopsis here, because okay, yeah. there's really not much that happens in the movie. It's a movie about uh, circus performers, uh, freaks, as they were called in the day, uh, people with serious congenital deformities, um, <laughs> yeah. like really, really serious ones. Uh, they all work for a circus, and um, it is a sort of a jilted lover story where like, a little person uh, leaves his his partner to go get with a big person and then it turns out that the big person is just lying about liking him to get his money and then she uh reveals it yeah because he has an, an act of cruelty and uh then all the, the other freaks um uh kind of almost kill her but don't quite. Well turn her into a freak. Yeah they they mutilate her and turn her into a freak.
0: Right. And that's kind Poetic of the the, the,
1: the the movie for the most part. And I had seen it on one of those like late night um, lists of like iconic horror movie moments. Mm-hmm. And um, I think the moment was uh, the, the armless legless guy crawling through the water with the knife and beautiful his teeth. shot, beautiful shot. Um, and so I was like, Oh, I got to watch this. Cause I had just, I think I had just started going to Coney Island at that point. Oh. Um, because, you know, there's a lot of beaches around here. And Coney Island isn't the first one you'd go to if you are from the part of New York that I'm from, right? You're from a little further out. There's like nine or 10 beaches you'd go to that are closer to you.
0: Right. But Coney, Coney Island has the, the stuff on it. <laughs>
1: yeah, exactly. Coney Island, for folks at home, if you're not from New York, if you don't know, Coney Island is a beach that has a amusement park that is like old as hell. It's like an 1880s <laughs> yeah. like established um, amusement park. It's If you've seen um, the Woody Allen movie. Um, Annie Hall. Annie Hall. In Annie Hall, uh, Woody Allen lives under the the roller coaster at Coney Island. the cyclone. The cyclone. Um, But one of the things that Coney Island is really famous for was the freak shows back in the day when there were freak shows. Mm -hmm. And um, they would have them year round, whereas like in the rest of the world, you'd wait for the circus to come through town. Uh, Coney Island is where you could go. Year round, rain or shine, cold weather, see some freaks. And um, (laughs) nowadays, they still try to keep the freak show culture going. But like, I don't know if you've ever been to like a modern freak show. It's like a deeply embarrassing thing to take part in. Is
0: that like Bindle Stiffs?
1: It's like um, I know Bindle Stiffs. I. It's like. it's really burlesque adjacent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just absolutely. feels like a burlesque <laughs> show for the most part. It's like someone will swallow a sword, someone will do the fire thing, someone will do the nail in the nose thing. Sure. Nobody with any sort of deformities or nothing like that. Uh, maybe you'll see like a weird turtle that has two heads or something like that. Um, and then the the most pathetic thing is that at the end of it, they'll be like, and then if you pay us another couple of dollars, we'll take you through this door and show you the biggest freak of them all. And you go through a mirror? No. (laughs) It's a mirror and it's signed Banksy. (laughs)
0: Uh, The government uh, is bad.
1: (laughs) No, it was uh, back in the day it was a mock-up of Coney Island with big condo buildings on it. And they'd be like, you know, they're trying to change Coney Island and make it a a playground for the rich and the freak shows are gonna be gone and you're like, Well, you guys kind of suck, though. Like, <laughs> what do you want me to do? Yeah, what am I going to do? I'm twelve. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, um, but yeah, freak shows. I feel like they're not. Are they? Not, are they illegal now? Like, can I'm you? I'm not sure if or- they're
1: illegal or just like they'd be in such poor taste and like. <laughs> and, and medicine is advanced to such a point where like these types of things are much less common. Mm-hmm. But if you ever watched um, the Ricky Gervais series "Idiot Abroad." There's an episode that takes place in India where uh, they go to, like, what would be a modern version of a freak show, which is, like, I think it's a woman who has, like, a tiny head or something like that. Mm-hmm.
0: Just one? Um, just one person?
1: It's just one person, but she, like, looks really weird. So it's... <laughs>
0: um,
1: Yeah, I don't know. I don't know why they don't really exist in the same way anymore, but I think it's mostly just because, like, people aren't born with, like, their knees backwards that much anymore. Oh,
0: right, because I guess they have, like, ultrasounds and they're like oh this baby's fucked up
1: well and i think like a lot of it was i know that like there there was was it formaldehyde there was something that like um oh
0: yeah and like lead paint and shit yeah there was there was something that like pregnant
1: women were taking for like pregnancy sickness that was like specifically causing kids to come out with like flippers and stuff god um Anyway, the point is, I was really fascinated by this stuff for a while, and that's kind of how I came upon this movie. Had you ever seen it before?
0: I had. Um, my friend in high school, uh, I as a as a uh, a spooky uh, chick in high school. I had mm-hmm. the other spooky chick friends who were into like serial killers and freaks and stuff. And right. uh, when I was like fifteen. One of my friends showed me this movie. It was like the first time it had ever been released on DVD. Mm-hmm. So I was like. And she tracked it down, and and we watched it. Um, and my reaction to the movie at the time was that it was really nice, and I was yeah. really happy that the movie is surprisingly about these... It's a very sympathetic portrait of these people um, right. who are varying levels of like disabled. <laughs> yeah, um, like
1: some of them are just like I dress weird.
0: Yeah. Yeah, well some of them are like the there's like a half man half woman who is unclear how that it's like she just dresses down the middle. She dresses
1: or, down the middle, but apparently the actual the performer was intersex.
0: Okay. Um, um
1: and then there is, like, a trans person who is just billed as, like, this is a trans person. <laughs> yeah. Um, look at this
0: freak. Uh, look at and this then, freak. Then there's, you know, then there's, like, just other people who don't seem to have much wrong with them at all, but they have, like... Yeah,
1: they're, like, trapeze artists there's or, one guy like, others who get jobs.
0: There's one guy that just has a stutter and, like... Yeah. <laughs> uh, some people just do weird stuff. Um, and then there's people who have, like, like you said, like very intense congenital disformities um some people there's a f- like a quadruple amputee um yeah but that guy is funny because it's not funny but it's weird because it's like well anybody could be that like right that's yeah not, that's just sad you know like mm-hmm. they just had a bad something bad happen to them maybe or you know they were born without limbs but um so it's, it's very strange to watch. When I first watched it when I was a kid, I was like, oh, no, it's going to be a movie just like gawking at these people. Right. But the movie opens with like this scene where a lot of them are hanging out in a field and these two like weird rich assholes are like, get off our land, you freaks. And they're like, they're not going to hurt anybody. We're just, you know, they're my like kids and I take care of them. And like they just want to get on the air and see the sunshine and they're like, Okay, I guess it's fine. <laughs> yeah,
1: and then they never come back again. Yeah.
0: Because <laughs> um, I guess they're traveling, right?
1: Right, they're in a circus. They're traveling around town to town.
0: But the movie um, is about this, you know, a little guy who has a lot of money and he's um, like with this little woman. Yeah. Um, and, and they
1: are in real life, or were in real life, I mean, they're dead now, but they were in real course. life uh, married in a family show called like The Doll the Family doll or something family, like that. Yeah.
0: Um, um, and he's great um i mean they're both really good but his acting is so good
1: yeah he's fantastic
0: um and he basically is swindled by this big woman um who it's like there's two people who aren't freaks one is like a strong man and one is a tres peas artist and they're right. hanging out with them um just to get their money um and to to fuck around with them but they don't realize that and so you have this weird, not weird, but you have this sort of, and people have mentioned this, but there's this sort of, like, class uh, relation yeah. per- metaphor of, like, the quote-unquote normals, mm-hmm. um, and they are just sort of, like, trying to extract money from these people and look on them with complete disdain. Right. And it's funny, because there's, like, a famous chant where they're all chanting, one of us, one of us, and as like kind of become this thing that people think of as like a horror thing.
1: Right. But that's I was a- going to say this it's <laughs> it's so fascinating that this is billed as a horror movie. That's how I found out about it was it was in like an iconic horror movie moments thing. And, like, 90% of this movie is, like, deeply warm and touching yeah. scenes of people having a community together and, like, loving <laughs> each other and, like, being a family. And being and, nice. Yeah, and, and the goobble gobble, goobble gobble is them, like, saying, you know, you're marrying one of ours. We love you. Like, yeah. you're you're in our family now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then at, that, at the end of that scene, she's like, fuck you. You're all gross. And I'm not going to do your weird, like ritual yeah your, she's your like i'm actually thing. not like you i'm way better than you <laughs> fuck you and then it embarrasses the little guy so much they don't get married and then she starts poisoning him to get his money yeah. um and then by the end that famous scene where the quadriplegic guy is you know crawling with a knife in his mouth like you if you have any heart in your body you should know that that's the best scene there because you're like hell yes get her yeah, get <laughs> like her ass. she's the evil one if you're identifying with cleopatra in this movie what the fuck is wrong with yeah you? what's
1: wrong with you you're the kind of person who watches like planet earth and you're the lion are you kidding <laughs> fucking weirdo <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah because you're the
1: gazelle you're always the gazelle
0: <laughs> <laughs> you are not unless you're a billionaire i guess
1: yeah unless you're a billionaire um, um but
0: that's the thing is that the movie is sort of a metaphor for i mean it's generally just a story about, you know, the underclass or mm-hmm. you know oppressed people, however you want to say it, um, and two people trying to take advantage of them and then getting their comeuppance, which is basically being turned into a freak, right? Because, um, like we said, she basically gets her legs cut off and they poke her eye out, and yeah,
1: and like her her hands get like fucked up, yeah. Um- and then she's. Yeah, it's really gnarly what happens to her. <laughs> it's really
0: gross. And, you know, I, I don't know if I, you know, it's hard to say, but she is trying to kill the guy and take his money. So it's like, you get what you deserve. <laughs> yeah, like
1: you definitely didn't uh, not ask for it anyway. I think,
0: yeah, exactly. I think the metaphor, though, is strong. Like,. You know, what should happen to these people is that they should get all of their power taken away from them.
1: Right. It was an interesting movie to have watched this week in particular, I feel, because, well, partly because we just watched the Britney Spears thing. And partly because (laughs) um, uh, this is the week that Rush Limbaugh died and uh, he died (laughs) on ICP Day. And so I had this weird day yesterday. (laughs) where Is that like
0: Insane Clown Posse Day?
1: Yes. uh, It's Insane Clown Posse Day. And so I had this weird day where I was like revisiting a lot of their music and thinking about Rush Limbaugh. And then I watched Freaks. And so it was this weird, like dark carnival day, <laughs> where, like everything was like spooky circus <laughs> and, and, and like, um, and, and the metaphor of it being, you know, this, this class come thing. The other thing that I was thinking about a lot is this idea of like, you know, it rains on the just and the unjust alike, you know, it's, it's. Right this woman thinks that she's so far above them, but in the end she can be turned into one of them too. And it's like Rush Limbaugh is this person who like, went so far above and beyond what he ever needed to do with his life to try to just like ruin the world for so many yeah, people for no and to reason. try to make so many people miserable and in the end he dies just like everybody else does yeah and that's like that's what I think about so much when I think about like like Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk and all of these like super billionaires who are you know who are so far above everybody it's like in the end you're gonna get sick and die too you know, this yeah. is what happens. To good you can is- <laughs> you can change your blood out as many times as you want. Eventually, you're gonna die, and, and it it it's kind of a great equalizer in a way, and <laughs> and it and it makes me feel good to like. There's all these posts that are like, uh, you know, Rush Limbaugh rot in hell, and like to be perfectly honest with you, like nothing makes me happier than the idea that Rush Limbaugh just ceased.
0: Yeah, you know, he's not gonna last forever. No one he will. <laughs> just his
1: lights just went out and he's no more. You know? Yep. <laughs> He's not rotting <laughs> anywhere. He's just gone. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, I hope that people cut the legs off of Jeff Bezos. Like, yes, <laughs> you know? absolutely. Like, he should be... Yeah. that. Like, they have... Like, you can't have those people. Like, these people shouldn't exist. Everyone needs to be equalized. Yeah. Um, And it's nice to see a movie where it's like... And that's what happens at the end.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and it's a movie that, like... it. You know, we we talk about how warm it is to to these people, but what's fascinating is that it's so warm to them in 1932.
0: I know it's, it's so really weird. interesting, and like I don't, it's really to, hard. to have
1: like watched Cheers where they're like hate crime and gay people in the bar, and then to watch Freaks where it's like, and they're people and they love each other and they they are excited that one of <laughs> them's having a baby. Don't exploit and, them, <laughs> you know. They they hug and they kiss and they love each other.
0: Yeah, it's a uh, it's a really sweet movie, and it made me. You know, I was never really interested in like freak shows. I guess I've I've kind of been. I don't know. Maybe I am. I don't <laughs> like <laughs> if I went to Philadelphia specifically to go to the Mutter Museum. I guess I was. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, have you ever been there? No. You know what it is? No. It's like no a idea. museum of congenital defects. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, it's huge. It's really great. There was a Quay Brothers. Um, uh ex- exhibition at the time um but they have like the skeleton of the person who's like entire body turned to bone uh, oh god it's like the, the petrified man uh like the sort of like two-headed baby lots of really cool skeletons there Hell um yeah. it's really cool uh <laughs> but um i never really got into like living quote unquote freaks just cuz it always like, right. made me feel really sad Like, I felt bad for them.
1: (laughs) Well, what's kind of cool about it is, and why I think I became so fascinated by it, is that it's, like, it's this story of, like, a sad thing kind of being harnessed and turned into something positive. Right. Where, like, you know, obviously everybody's exploited under under capitalism, but these were people who, like, a lot of them really managed to eke out a really good living just being, you know, performers. And, you know... They, they even transformed it into a semi-positive thing where it's like, sure, everybody knows what people are going to the freak show for, right? Sure, like they laugh at you. They're going there to gawk and to laugh, but then there's this whole element of, like, you see it a little bit in this movie when you see them starting to get ready to go on stage, that, like, it's not just a little person who just goes out and is like, hey, what's up? I'm a little person. Like, she's, like, on a horse, and, like, she's in, <laughs> like, a big outfit, and, like, she's going out to do a musical number, and, like... Nobody needed that, you know? Nobody right. who's going to a freak show is going for the musical number. It's about the dignity of the performer to go out there and be like, I'm going out to perform. I'm Whether performing. you are here to see a performance, that's on you. I am here to perform. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, none of these people were going out there and just being like, look at me, my knees bend the wrong way. <laughs> I'm horse girl, you know? Like, they'd go out and demonstrate, like, look, I can do stuff with my mouth because I have to, because I have no hands, right. you know?
0: Yeah, and it's it's great. I mean, and that's what's I, I cool think,
1: about them to me, at least, is like it's it's this, it, it's the spinning of your own, you know, your own. I don't want to say like your your the negative things that have happened to you and turning them into these like really big positive things. Yeah, and like the the doll family, you know, they they made shitloads of money. They were like a <laughs> huge, like they were like an entertainment dynasty. Yeah,
0: I mean, what's what I loved about this movie when I saw it, and and I still love it now, is that like like you said, there is such a sense of community and Mm -hmm. like, even though they don't, you know, they win in the end, they're portrayed as like the ones who have a good life. You know, they're the quote unquote freaks or whatever, but they have like this really nice group of people and they all like hang out and like there, there's no real like argumentation or, you know, Backstabbing among them, you know, they're all nice people to each other. There's like
1: maybe some like like sexual tension stuff happening where like people you know sleep around and stuff and like causes awkward situations. That's what's so
0: crazy about it is that the movie is like presented as like this is a high school, like this is like you know (laughs) a a group of people who are just like hanging out. And I think it for me, if it it, at the time when I was young, it felt like, well, I want that. (laughs) I don't want to be necessarily like. Of you know I don't want bad things to happen to my body <laughs> but like you know as a queer kid in the south and <laughs> at 15 it was like oh I relate to this <laughs> right you know? like I want to find the other kids who are weird like me and like hang out and be you know nice to each other and not yeah. have to deal with everyone else's bullshit
1: what I wonder is if this was seen that way at the time no <laughs> and if Todd Browning meant it to be seen that way
0: it's really hard to know what todd browning said i haven't read any interviews i couldn't find any sort of like i couldn't find any information of what he thought about it but i Mm -hmm. did find like that at the time it was like banned and people considered it like too grotesque to like even show because it was like and it's like nothing there's no gore in this movie. Like, we're just talking about images of humans. <laughs>
1: yeah, these <laughs> you know? are just real people. By the way, I don't think we've mentioned it. These are real people who are really deformed. Like, it's it's a movie about freaks that's that's populated entirely by freaks. So right. it's not like, you know, nobody's faking it here. Like, these are all real performers.
0: <laughs> yeah, this isn't, you know, some Three Stooges thing where they're like, oh, I've got five arms, or, and that's, like, clearly fake or anything. These are yeah, just no. people who are actually have you know, either congenital deformities or, or um, are amputees or whatever. Right. Um, and they actually are in real life. And they were in this movie. And some of them made careers off of it. Um, and so I hope that it, it, it would be hard for me to imagine that Todd Browning wasn't trying to... Well,
1: what made me ask is that the, the theatrical release poster that you see on the Wikipedia is it says Todd Browning's Freaks, and then at the top it says, can a full-grown woman truly love a midget? <laughs> and so I wonder, like, is that what the intention, like, d- is it on, like, the a- the 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 whatever AMC, you know, uh, like, 100 shriekiest horror moments? Like, right. is it on there because people watch it and they're like, this is terrifying. Look at that man with no arms. You know, like... It had to have gotten there somehow, and that's what I wonder is like. Because to us watching it now, I feel like we both have the same experience of it, where we're like, "This is not even. Not only is this not scary, this is a deeply positive and loving movie. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's like so far in the opposite direction of a horror movie. There's only one thing that could remotely even be considered tense, and it's a comeuppance. Like, yeah, it's when the villain like, when you, gets like,
0: their comeuppance.
1: It, like Knives Out isn't a fucking horror movie. Mm-hmm.
0: i mean unless it is and it's if you're a rich person i guess yeah i guess so (laughs) it's about uh a mexican immigrant like getting all of your wealth (laughs) it's horrifying
1: oh god
0: and i guess that's how like i guess at the time like people saw themselves as cleopatra and not as like someone weird you know
1: right i wonder when people started seeing themselves as someone weird
0: that's it's an like interesting 60s. question. Must be.
1: Cuz I feel like nowadays anybody would watch this movie and be like, "I'm the weird one."
0: Yeah, I'm the underdog. But I feel
1: like in the 50s for sure you would've been like, "I'm the normal one. I couldn't <laughs> possibly be weird. I'm so
0: normal." <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I guess once like queer writers started to become like black and queer writers started to become like more available to be read, you know, and then it yeah. became like sort of socially credible. To I was like, thinking
1: the 60s because of drugs. I was thinking like once people started getting oh, high more often, they started introspecting more.
0: Like, I'm nothing. I have no. Yeah. Like, I'm an insignificant thing.
1: Like, I probably would think that I was normal if I never got high.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah?
1: That would, That's what would, so would I think.
0: <laughs> I don't think I would think that. <laughs> I didn't really get high <laughs> till I was like in college. I never thought I was normal.
1: <laughs> oh. Yeah, anyway, I guess you're right. Anyway, it's that's a good all movie. the time we got. It's a good movie. You should watch it. it. It's short enough. It really doesn't take much to watch.
0: Yeah, it's a good movie. It's a it's really well made. The acting is good and it's a really sweet story. Um, yeah, so highly recommended. Anyway, thanks so much for listening to the show. This has been Generation Loss. Uh, you can If you'd like to hear more of our show, you can go to generation or excuse me, patreon.com slash generation loss, where we do bonus episodes there. You can get access to the discord where you, we will show the movies that we're going to talk about on Monday. And you can follow us online at Jen Loss Pod, and you can follow me individually at Kinematography. Listen to my other show, BB Lettuce. Listen to Jeremy's other show, Ballin' Out Super, and follow him at Jeremy Thunder. Otherwise, we'll see you next time.
1: That's it. Bye.